Blog Talk Radio. Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. The 15th day of February, 2018, 7.30 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States, and we're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. <clears throat> bow our hearts in prayer before we get into the Word of God. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for your life, for your goodness, for your mercy. And Father, your word says in, in you we walk and live and have our being. The song says, Lord, we can't even walk without you holding our hand. And we just ask you today, Lord, that you take over this broadcast and you do what needs to be done. You see every need. You see every situation. You, you see every circumstance. And your word stays in your word. <clears throat> what you sent will not come back void. We'll do that what you sent it to do. I thank you today, you're sovereign. I thank you today that you're Lord. And I thank you today, Lord, that our lives and our times are in your hands. We ask you to bless this broadcast. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Text today taken from the, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection gospel. The resurrection gospel. The victorious, triumphant resurrection of Jesus Christ has talked about clear out this particular chapter matter of fact it's 58 verses and we're just going to probably cover the first eight today of the Bible declares that the same spirit the same breath the Ruach that resurrected Jesus from the grave it's the same spirit that dwells in me and you as believers today. Many refer to it as resurrection power. The death of the cross, which done everything for us. And the exclamation point, the resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, for this purpose, the Bible declares, was the Son of God, Jesus Christ manifested, not created, manifested, incarnate, that he destroyed the works of darkness. Now, that, that's a spiritual law. You can't change that. You can't change what Jesus Christ did. I've often said that we don't, we don't fight to win a battle. We... Our battles are with our faith to enter into a battle that's already been won 2,000 years ago on a cross. 
that he has already came and died and was resurrected. And the Bible declares he sits right now at the right hand of God the Father. So all of creation, all of creation, in the, especially in the supernatural world. Now, this world, this natural world for the most part, Men, the Bible declares, are blinded and grope in the dark because they perish for the lack of knowledge. They don't comprehend this finished work of Jesus Christ. They don't comprehend the love of God. The Bible says because men refuse to retain God in their knowledge that he will turn them over to their own devices. I repeat 2 Corinthians 4, 4 many times, for the God of this world have blinded the minds of the people unless they see. So Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. So deception is the main tool of Satan and his minions, is to deceive man that man will not see what God Almighty has done to redeem man. To restore once again fellowship. Now we we have to look at this world, and I've said many times this is a temporary place, temporal. But there are spiritual laws as well as where as well as there are natural laws. There is, is you know, of course, I'm a, a scientist by no means, but we know the laws of gravity and many laws in the science. In the scientific community, which I know nothing about, but but spiritual laws are also written in granite, so to speak. That they are are enforced today by what Jesus done on the cross two thousand years ago, and we receive this through revelation and what we receive in the supernatural. The laws that we stand on, the victory that we stand on, the gospel that we stand on, gives us power to become the sons of God and to walk in a victory that Jesus Christ already won 2,000 years ago. Now, that, that that's just a fact. There's, there's nothing else that can be done. There'll be nothing else done to redeem man. It's Jesus Christ, and it's him crucified. So we need to... To learn, the Bible says, learn of him. Search ye the scriptures and learn of him. Continue in my word and my word will set you free. Which his word is the truth. So spiritual laws such as Romans 8 verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit. Let's say it says the law. The law of the spirit. So they're pointing to spiritual laws that cannot be changed. That Jesus Christ declared unto his disciples to invoke these laws, that to speak of these laws, to walk in these laws, and the law of the Spirit. The Bible says we walk not after the flesh, but we walked after the Spirit. For we are justified by faith. We are sanctified by 
faith, and we our glorification, our future glorification comes by faith. Job said, I know that I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. He said, I know that I will be, be resurrected in the great resurrection. This was before Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. Now, the law of sin and death was invoked in the garden upon the, the, uh, the, the fall of Adam and of Eve. The Bible declares that God made man in his own image and therefore gave him dominion over the earth in which we see. He rests is the word. And God's plan was always for mankind to rule the world. But we know that Adam and Eve fell. Didn't take God by surprise, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. Genesis 3.15 points to redemption. Read that. Study it. But the moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed, well, the key word is disobeyed God, then everything turned around and the title deed, according to the word of God, to this world, as we see this earth, this age, was in the hands of Satan. You can read Revelation 5, where the, the Lamb of God, who is worthy to open the seals, starts to take back in Revelation 5 the title deed to this earth. Peter said there will come a restitution of all things, when God will restore once again what Adam had lost. Totally. Now, this is what God's Word says. It's hard to see. Crazy world that we live in, in this place of bedlam and confusion and darkness and deception and lies and deceit. But nevertheless... These laws are in effect. I read this again. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. John 10 says, I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. He said, for the thief cometh for to kill and destroy. Yeah. It's going on in the world today. The the devil walking to and fro, seeking whom he can devour, seeking whom he can destroy. You must recognize the Bible says, beware of the wiles of the devils, be sober, be vigilant, because we have an adversary. We need to sharpen our spiritual senses, so to speak. And the only way to keep from being deceived is to keep your, your, your nose in this book that I'm holding in my hand. For heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word by no means will ever pass away. This is the this is the guideline by which we put we measure up because everything that goes on today that some say are of God and not of God it, it, is proven in the word of God. How the mouth of two or three he will confirm. Try the spirits, the Bible says, and see if they be of God. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall Enter in. The Bible says, wide is the path that leadeth unto destruction. Narrow is the way that leads unto salvation, and few there are that enter in. For, so for the most part, for the most part, 
the world sits in darkness. Oh, they think they're illuminated. They think they are tapped into the right source. But if they're not tapped into Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and looking for his descension again, then they are tapped into that which will certainly fade away and be destroyed. Read this again. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. So here we see two laws. We see the law of life provided by Jesus Christ in what he did 2,000 years ago. He wasn't murdered. He laid down his life as a lamb under the slaughter. The Bible says he said nothing. He gave his life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, a, that's also a law. It's a promise. So we've got the law of life, the Zoe life, the God kind of life, the life that only comes from God. You've heard people down through the day say, boy, this is the life. Well, if your life is not based on Jesus Christ, if you don't know him, then you're not heading for life. You're heading for death because there's a law of sin and death invoked by Satan at the time when he deceived and beguiled Eve. And she gave Adam to eat, and we know what happened. The fall, we live in a fallen world that eventually will be totally redeemed back to God. For now, we look under the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says, occupy until he comes. Now, that's a military term. That means to stand your ground, to, to, to uh, 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 stand upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, to constantly declare, go you into all the world and preach the gospel in every nation. Not everybody will receive. Many will reject. Many will laugh. Many will lampoon. Many will go in other directions. Many will uh, uh, raise up in their lives their own gods. And he laughed today. Teachers and professors and even some preachers lampoon Jesus Christ and him crucified. It will, it would. You know, there's other ways to get to God, but no, there's not. As simple as I can put it, there's one way. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the life. And I am the resurrection. No man comes unto the Father except it be through me. So 1 Corinthians Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. What's he declaring? The gospel. Could he talk about other things? Could he have talked about his mastery of the law? Yes, because he knew it front and back. He had memorized part of the Torah. The first five books of the Bible. He was a master of the law. He's probably in line to be one of the greatest rabbis that ever lived under Gamaliel. And and but but uh, he met Christ on the road to Damascus. And his focus and his his passion, which he, he certainly a passionate man, began to preach the gospel. He uh, come in contact with something that 
change his life, which he knew was real. I didn't lie on the letter. The Bible says the letter kills. Jesus Christ did not destroy the law, of course, but he fulfilled the law. He's the only man to ever keep the law, thus satisfying the wrath of God. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein you stand. I will see a couple things there. First of all, the gospel is the good news, the best news. We see a lot of news. You're going to turn on your TV today, and you're going to see a lot of sad news, bad news, lives being destroyed, people being killed, acts of nature, a world that is very, very unstable. Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you something this morning, that man can do nothing to stabilize this place. There's not a government of man walking that can stabilize this world as it is in its current condition. There's only one that will do it in the future. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith today. We trust in him. The Bible says if you are a friend of the world that you are an enemy of God. Now that's just plain. You know, you can't. You, <laughs> the modern day church, for the most part, has done everything they can to drag the world in the church. For some reason, we think we have to drag the attraction, the entertainment factor of the world into the body of Christ in order to get people to come through the doors. When the Bible says the spirit and the bride says, come that his spirit will draw. If we lift him up as Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall Jesus Christ be lifted up. When he's lifted up, then all men see and be drawn unto him. Drawed is the key word. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preached, which I was a herald of. The Bible says, he said in the same chapter, he said, I persecuted the church of God. He said, I said words that weren't right, but now that I am baptized in the Spirit of God, now that Jesus Christ has turned my life around, the whole thrust, his whole purpose for living was to preach the gospel. Listen, Paul went through some stuff for the gospel, but he said, I counted all but lost, that I might gain Christ. That's a powerful statement. Can you say that today? Can we say that today? Can we say we counted all but lost? Leaving those things that are behind, going on and pressing towards the high mark of the high calling, leaving those things that are behind. All of our house of cards that we've built, everything that we thought was going to come to this and come to that, but it has fell right before our eyes. Parable says that there was two men. One built their house on sand. One built their house on a rock. And when the winds came, the houses on sand folded up. And the foundation, this rock we're talking about today, is none other than Jesus Christ. He said, "Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against that which I have purchased with my own blood." The Bible still declares he's the chief cornerstone, the head of the church. 
It says, I've declared to you the gospel, the good news, which I have heralded to you, preached to you, spoken unto you. Under the, he says, under the anointing, he says. He said, I don't, I don't come with, with, with uh, 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 a bunch of emptiness and vain. He said, I come under, under power and under demonstration, the gospel, which also ye have received and wherein you stand. Wherein you stand, Ephesians four fourteen says that we henceforth be no more children. Listen, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Man, they're out there coming down the pike, fast and furious. Well, yeah, what you did was in the past, and how we used to believe. It's all good, but yeah, we've got a better way. Listen, whenever. Mankind deviates from the word of God. Listen to me now. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. Ravenous, the Bible declares. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men or the ways of men the deceitfulness of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, that's their purpose. It's what they do. They lie in wait to deceive. So we've received the gospel. We've opened our hearts and our minds unto the word of God. We've settled in our in our minds that the word of God is the infallible, the unchanging word of almighty God, that it is truth, that it's like granite, that it cannot be moved, that it will never ever pass away. I, he said, I sent he said, I sent the word and I healed you. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word is the logos, which is none other than Jesus Christ. In Romans five two, by whom also we have Access by faith unto his grace, wherein we stand. What do we stand? We stand in his grace. We stand in his mercy. We stand in his goodness. We don't stand in on our righteousness because we have none. The Bible declares it is filthy rags, by whom also we have access by faith into, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's, I like that word, hope. The Bible declares that hope is an anchor of the soul. The Bible declares that hope is a helmet. Protects our minds. So we have access. How do we have access? By faith. So we believe. As Abraham believed, the Bible declares it was counted unto him as righteous. So 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 verse one of first Corinthians fifteen says that we preach the gospel and you receive it. And after you receive it, you need to Stand. The Bible says Proverbs twenty four sixteen, for a just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Even though we fall, we slip, we dip, whatever it might be. But God Almighty, upon our uh, asking Him to forgive our sins, He's always a God of restoration. He doesn't leave us when we fail because He knows we're human beings. But grace is not is not a license to sin. Okay. Verse 2, 
First Corinthians chapter 15 says, by which, well, listen, by which what? By the gospel, by receiving it, by standing in it. We have three things there that you need to do. You receive the gospel. First, the gospel's preached. Then we receive with an open heart and an open mind with, I might add, with a humble and a broken and a contrite spirit. You can never receive the gospel with pride. Humble yourself before God. And the Bible says in due time you will be exalted. Pride is the greatest enemies of so many today, even in the church world. The gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which, verse 2 says, you're saved. Saved from what? Crusade down through, saved from what? First of all, saved from the devil's hell. Saved from the power that sin has over our lives. Saved from so many things, even walking in this life, where the blood of Jesus covers our life. The Bible says you believe this gospel is given unto you power to become the sons of God. Different, separated. The church, as we know it, is the the ecclesia, the called out ones, the body, the embodiment of Jesus Christ. But when we receive the gospel, we stand in this gospel, then verse 2 says, then we are saved. That word saved there means delivered, protected, sought out, bought off the auction block of sin. So many things we could say to describe salvation. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ. You can't mix him with everything else and be saved. You can't do your own thing. Listen, we have no righteousness. Men's efforts to save themselves will never, ever get it done. It's God's way and nothing else. Pretty simple. Now, men seek to complicate it. The, the hoops that legalism down through the year. I've been in the church a lot of years and, 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 and the hoops that legalism makes men jump through. Most of those things are manipulate and make people feel guilty. Just a fact. But the Bible declares in Jesus Christ there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 So we're saved and we're certainly saved from the devil's hell. Certainly saved from the curse. Jesus was the curse that we don't have to be cursed. That's what the Bible says. Mm. Help us today, Lord. Wherein ye are saved, listen, uh-oh, if. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, uh, Paul was serious about the gospel. See, Paul taught that the only way was the gospel. Paul taught the only way was Jesus Christ. He says, preach anything else and the cross of Christ becomes of no effect. He preached the word under power and demonstration. Romans 1.16 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is, listen, it is the power of God 
It's the power of God under salvation. Listen, to everyone that believes. Now, the pecking order here is to the Jews first and also to the Greeks or to the Gentiles. Because I'm not ashamed of it. So he's pointing towards the gospel. Without the gospel, there is no resurrection. But nothing about the gospel. He says you, we must keep it in memory. Keep it in memory. What I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. In other words, you you know, we but to be consistent. We have to hold on to this gospel, this gospel of truth. So, he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. He said, we must hold into memory. We must hold fast. Hold fast. Don't go back. The Bible declares that when a man puts his hand to the plow, and he looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. Okay, verse 3 says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which all also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Huh. For I delivered... Now, what a turnaround. This man didn't even believe that Christ was, was who he said he was. But now... Because of his encounter on the road to Damascus, all of a sudden Christ is his Lord. Christ is his Lord. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. First Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self, now listen, bear our sins... This is very important. First Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body, whereat on a tree, every man that hangs on a tree is cursed, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, his righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed he bear our sins Jude 1 3 says beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was need for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once given unto the saints First Peter one twenty says, Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you and me. Hebrews one, read Hebrews one. For God at sundry times and in the past spoke through the prophets, but in these days I'm paraphrasing these in these days he speaks only through his son Jesus Christ. 
He says, Christ died for our sins. Now listen, he'd say, not on my account, according to the scriptures. Search the scriptures, and wherein you will find the Bible declares salvation. Verse 4, and that he was buried. So to be buried, he had to die. And that he rose again the third day according, there once again, not according to Paul, but according to the scriptures. That he was dead. And he was buried. And he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Psalm 16, 10 through 11. Psalmist wrote, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. That will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This is a pre before the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The psalmist wrote this. That God Almighty raised Jesus Christ from the dead by the quickening Ruach spirit of Almighty God. Not by power, tells Zerubbabel. Not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Verse 5 says, And he was seen of Cephas, that word Cephas is Peter, which means rock, then of the twelve. This was after, before he ascended. He came back to give witness. Thomas saw the scars in his hand. He said, my Lord and my God. They called him Downing Thomas. I think he gets kind of a bad rap, but, but, but still, that's what they call him. And a lot of us doubt, just as Thomas doubted. And he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. In Acts 10, verses 34 through 43, Peter was speaking. He said, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of the truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all, in parentheses. Who's Lord of all? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, the forerunner. Verse 38. How God anointed, anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth. How? With what? With the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Wow. Jesus Christ did this. Read that again. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, the dunamis power. And he went about doing good, always good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Verse 39, Acts 10, 
and we are witnesses. Now, this is where they seen him. Of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Listen, and God, verse 40, raised him up the third day and showed him openly the resurrected Jesus Christ. The tomb was empty. There was a reason the tomb was borrowed. Because he didn't need it. But three days. Showed him openly. Listen to what it says in verse 41. Not to all people, not to all the people, but unto witnesses, my Lord, witnesses chosen before God, even to us, about the disciples, listen, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Now the Bible says as Jesus Christ was, so shall we be. So in the next life, there's going to be eating and drinking. Okay. And then in his resurrected state, verse 42, and he commanded them to preach unto the people and to testify that which he, that it is he which was ordained of God to judge the, to judge the quick and the dead. See this power factor that all dominion and all power is given unto him. To him gave all the prophets witnesses that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall Receive remission of sins. That's something deadly. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That sins can be remitted or sent in another direction or no longer have dominion, as it says in Romans 6, over our lives. In verse 6, back to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 6. After that he was seen of above 500 brethren, at once of whom the greater part remain until the present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, which was his half-brother, then of all the apostles. And verse 8, And at last of all he was seen of me, also one born out of due time. This was after his ascension on the road to Damascus where Paul had an encounter with Jesus Christ and changed his life and he wrote most of the New Testament. Most of the New Testament. So the gospel of the resurrection. When we preach the gospel, we preach his birth, virgin birth, his life, his life, which the cross saved us. His life actually didn't, but it was preparatory. He taught he, he taught great things. He spoke great parables, and they were, and they, they are to live by, but we can't live by them except through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can't do nothing of ourselves. And on a cross, I was because he was smitten of God. He satisfied the wrath of God that was due to me and you. They laid him in the tomb on the third day he resurrected. After 40 some days the Bible said he ascended and the angel of the Lord said why do you men stand gazing for this same Jesus you see ascending like manner will descend. So we are looking for his coming again. So we are children of light and not of the darkness. We are children of hope and lost in a dying world. And we are to preach this gospel 
What did Paul say? He said, we preach it unto you. We need to receive it. And wherein we stand. Wherein we stand. Not moved. Not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But stand totally in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's the one you need to receive. He's the one you need to trust. Paul said, I don't come to you with elegant words. They're in power and demonstration. I'm certainly not a great order, but I know that what I've given you today is the gospel. It's the power of that gospel that saves you. It's your receiving that gospel. It's looking unto the author and finish your faith and in your hour of need and just for everyday life to keep, to keep you, to keep us. And the Bible says we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart. We repent of our sins. We denounce every work of the enemy in our lives. We make a conscious decision to turn and go in another direction. The Bible says whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I just read to you where Peter says, and by his stripes. He was chastised for our peace of mind, bruised for our iniquities, and he, once again, to the best of our ability, is lifted up today. Pointing to complete, nothing else will save you. <laughs> Church affiliation, denomination, name on this book and that role, and then the, your name must be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's the only way. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We believe today there are many, Lord, that will call on your name. Give credence unto you, Lord. Make you, Lord, of their lives. And have an experience. And have a relationship with you. That we need that, Lord. How you need to be magnified in our lives. How you need to come to the head of our lives and sit on the throne of our hearts. We trust in you. Save souls today. Heal chronic diseases. Raise the Lord, you said you could raise the dead, and I, I believe you do. Touch the blinded eyes. Touch those suffering with chronic diseases. Touch those today that's got a bad report. Touch those struggling in their minds and their emotions. Comfort those today who have suffered great loss. My God, we'll lay your hand in a greater measure on this nation, upon this people. Lay your hand on your church and stir up the gift of God as you told us to do that's within us. And let, let the thrust, let the priority of the church be to preach the gospel by which we are saved. And we never fail to give you glory and honor and praise. And in Jesus' name, we pray. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.